Standing Strong for Family, Faith, and Freedom. It's the SaveCalifornia.com radio show, where you get it real and you get it straight. And now from Sacramento, here's your independent voice of reason, SaveCalifornia.com president, Randy Thomason. In California, is marriage only for a man and a woman? You might answer yes, you might answer no. If you said yes and no, you'd be right. Because the May 26th ruling from the California Supreme Court is very confusing. It's a mixed bag. The court upheld part of Proposition 8, the California Marriage Amendment, and struck down another part by saying that marriage could only be performed for a man and a woman after the vote of the people, but before the vote of the people, some 18,000 homosexual marriages were deemed valid. Uh, The court has befuddled many people, and it is confusing, and it shouldn't have happened because the court went against its own rules. Uh, You see, what happened was a majority of the court was going to already rule in favor of the vote of the people as far as they thought the people were demanding. But what the people also demanded was to nullify those false marriages. The people said only marriage between a man and a woman is valid or recognized in California. And the word is is an absolute term, and it means that no false marriages or no marriages that don't have a man and a woman in it are valid. So it's pure math, it's pure logic, it's pure reading of the text, but the judges didn't really want to go there. They really said in court, and I was there, they said, would it be fair to undo those false marriages? Well, judge, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter if you think it's fair or unfair. What matters is what the people have said. And the Constitution of California says the people get to amend the Constitution, and then the courts have to follow the Constitution. The judges raise their right hand when they're sworn into office, and they swear to uphold the Constitution. That's what's written in the Constitution. But even one judge, Carlos Moreno, said in court, well, uh, we know there's a debate over what the meaning of the word is, is. Well, it sounded like Bill Clinton on the state Supreme Court. But, uh, you know, the judges actually have a separate rule. If they are confused about anything in the ballot text, the text of the initiative, they have to go to what the proponents said in their ballot arguments. And uh, the ballot arguments said that your yes vote on this measure will mean that the, the only marriage in California that is valid or recognized is between a man and a woman, comma, regardless of when or where performed. And by saying regardless of when or where performed, uh, that means the past marriages cannot be valid unless they are between a man and a woman. Thus, the homosexual marriage had to be nullified. But Obviously, the judges didn't do that. Um, I'm going to be rustling a lot of papers here. You're probably hearing me already because we've got lots of questions to answer. But I really wish that the Proposition 8 proponents had written something very solid in their ballot statement saying something like a yes vote on Prop 8 will restore marriage as a relationship only between a man and a woman. And and if they said something specific like, and will mean that any same-sex marriage is contracted after the Supreme Court's May 15, 2008 ruling are void and unenforceable. That would have been perhaps even clearer for the judges. Again, they didn't want to do the right thing and eliminate those false marriages unless they uh, were made to do so. And Ken Starr, who was the attorney for the Prop 8 uh, team in court, he really wasn't uh, strong in this area with the judges. 
and he let them get away with saying, well, it wouldn't be fair to get rid of them. Uh, so we, we really have a diminishing of voter rights, and we have uh, 18,000 homosexual marriages, many of them in California, and they are going to uh, really confuse the children as they are being held up as role models. Now, another question. This is actually a pretty liberal question from Emma, who's in New York, and she said, well, so forcing 18,000 couples to divorce is pro-marriage? Explain, please. This is not about divorce. It's about marriage. Marriage is naturally between a man and a woman, according to Proposition 8, only for a man and a woman. So stopping or ending or nullifying homosexual marriages, which are not real marriages, is consistent with Proposition 8 saying the only valid marriage is between a man and a woman. It's uh, not divorce to nullify uh, homosexual marriages. These are not marriages. They are false marriages. The issue is invalidation. And so, um, you know, that that's just a baiting question. Uh, we've got to look at history. Um, can you get rid of something if you are the voters? Of course you can. Uh, you got to remember uh, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified by three-fourths of the states. And when that happened, slavery was abolished. Uh, slaveholders could not claim grandfather rights to own another person. But that's exactly what's happened here with Proposition 8. The judges have given grandfather rights to uh, the homosexual marriages, keeping the homosexual marriages of last year intact. That makes no sense. A constitution uh, is absolute. A constitutional amendment uh, can be retroactive. Uh, it, 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 it is, unless it says otherwise. Another example is the 18th Amendment to the U U.S. Constitution. When that was passed, the manufacture, sale, and transportation of intoxicating liquors ceased. Now, if the licenses that were issued in this limited time frame remain valid, then what about licenses outside the state that were issued in this same period? We're talking about homosexual marriages. If a person with a homosexual marriage license moves to California, can their license also be recognized? Uh, of course, the answers to these are no, no, no. Um, it, again, it's an absolute term, uh, is, and it was an absolute statement to say only marriage between a man and a woman is valid or recognized in California. Well, as I wrestle these papers here, uh, more questions to go through. A lot of you have asked, uh, so now what? What about these false marriages? Uh, Michelle says, so now what? Do we lay down and say no more? Teresita says, what's the next step? Uh, Karen Sue says, what do we do now? We can't let this hypocrisy stand. Well, the answer is, with the false marriages, uh, nothing can be done legally uh, because marriage is a state jurisdiction. Uh, the Supreme Court of the United States is not going to get involved here. Um, these relationships, however, are notorious for breaking down over time. Uh, you might remember that in the uh, Goodridge case in Massachusetts, the lead lesbians there, quote, divorced already. Uh, one of the lesbian couples in the California homosexual marriage cases, um, they, uh, quote, uh, broke up. So uh, you see examples like this. Those are anecdotes. What does the data say? Well, the data actually says that homosexual relationships are um, 10 times more likely to break up than a um, relationship of marriage between a man and a woman. 
Now, let me tell you what uh, that is. Let's look at some of the uh, research from the National Center for Health Statistics, which in 2001 uh, found that uh, 66% of first marriages last 10 years or longer, with 50% of first marriages lasting 20 years or longer. So remember that, uh, marriage between a man and a woman, uh, 50% lasts 20 years or longer. A similar study from the U.S. Census Bureau in 2002 found that 57.7% of married men and women uh, stayed together 20 years or longer. Now, compare this to homosexual relationships. Uh, The 2003-2004 Gay Lesbian Consumer Online Census surveyed the lifestyles of uh, over 7,800 homosexuals. And of those involved in a, quote, current relationship, only 15% described their current relationship as having lasted 12 years or longer. Only 5% of these homosexual couples said they had a relationship lasting more than 20 years. And so you compare uh, homosexual couples are saying that they have not had more than um, 20 years of relationship. Only 5% could say uh, we've been together 20 years. Yet compared to married couples, married couples, a man and a woman, 50% or more have been together 20 years. So that may be a little comforting that these homosexual marriages, even though they cannot be legally nullified at this point, they uh, may not stay because they're naturally going to break down faster. What about an appeal? Ray writes in and says, What do we do now? I suggest we appeal the decision to a higher court since the allowing of homosexual marriage by the court in May 2008 was unconstitutional in the first place. Barry uh, writes in and says, I wonder how many of the existing homosexual marriages are still intact five years from now. We talked about that a moment ago, that they break down faster. Uh, Art emailed in and said, can this ruling be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court? Uh, And another man said, uh, can the court take this on appeal? And the answer is, the U.S. Supreme Court won't. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court has said for years and years that marriage is a state jurisdiction and has refused to get involved in the definition of marriage issues in the courts. So, unfortunately, it's the end of the road. The California Supreme Court was stacked with uh, those judges who um, did not want to uh, uphold the clear reading of the law. They didn't want to go with the real meaning of the word is. They didn't want to look at the ballot statements to clarify things as their own court rules require. And so we're stuck in this situation. Now, a real interesting question is, um, what about the requirement that a marriage be consummated in order to be valid? That there could be no homosexual marriage that exists past, present, or future because the laws say that a marriage is only valid if consummated, which means through sexual intercourse. And it is true that California law has said for years that you have to be capable of consenting to and consummating marriage in order to be married. Uh, A male and a female under the age of 18 have to be capable of consenting to and consummating marriage. I'm reading from the Family Code sections 301 and 302, Family Code of California. The problem is, uh, in May 2008, the California Supreme Court declared these marriage statutes unconstitutional and um, I don't think that you, you're going to have uh, the ability to convince the state Supreme Court that uh, you have to have uh, sexual intercourse be consummated, 
for there to be a marriage. Of course, only a man and a woman can do that. Um, and only a few states in the United States actually uh, allow a marriage to be ended through divorce uh, for failure to consummate. Consummation is not a standard that uh, hardly any state, certainly not California, is using to define marriage, unfortunately. More questions. Uh, what to do about the judges? James wrote in and said, Judges do not have the right to interpret the law that violates the voters of the state's citizens twice. Um, don't know this man's name, but uh, no, John is his name. He says, look, the 18,000 homosexual marriages cannot still be considered valid according to the text of Proposition 8. How do the judges figure this out? He's mad at the judges. Richard said, what I'm saying is, why are the gay marriages that were illegal in the first place made okay by the judges? Um, Joseph wrote in and said, is it possible to remove these judges who voted to keep the already performed homosexual marriages? And the answer is, um, California has a recall process, obviously. It's been used uh, a few times in the legislature. It was used uh, noticeably in 2003 to recall former Governor Gray Davis. Um, but, uh, you know, the the easier way to deal with uh, politicians and judges to keep them in office or remove them from, from office, I'll, I'll just give a systematic uh, response. It's on the ballot. It's when they're up for re-election. Now, uh, of the seven judges on the California Supreme Court, three of them are up for re-election on the November 210 ballot. Ron George, the Chief Justice, Carlos Moreno, and Ming Chin. Uh, now, all of them voted to keep the false marriages intact to validate the 18,000 homosexual marriages of last year. Um, Carlos Moreno voted to strike down all of uh, Proposition 8. Carlos Moreno also voted to invent homosexual marriages in May 2008. Ming Chin opposed uh, creating homosexual marriages in 2008. Ron George led the court in creating homosexual marriages in 2008. So uh, they're, on the, they're on the ballot, and you can do what you want. Uh, these are 12-year terms to keep or remove the judges. So here at our halfway point of questions, uh, let's talk about the future. Uh, what I expect is there are going to be more lawsuits where the court, the state Supreme Court, uh, may recognize marriages, homosexual marriages, done in other states or Canada. See, that question was not answered by the court, and these lawsuits can come in and say, hey, look, we were, we got a homosexual marriage in Canada. We want to be recognized here. Well, this is the way it should come down. The judges, again, are sworn to go with the Constitution. The Constitution says only marriage between a man and a woman is valid or recognized in California. And the word recognized means you can only recognize marriages between a man and a woman. But there's going to be lawsuits on this. So it's going to be up to pro-family attorneys. They better do a better job than they did last time in court. Well, I also know, and if you've seen the news, you know that there are two lawsuits in federal court already, one in Orange County and one in San Francisco. And uh, these are uh, federal challenges to ask the U.S. Supreme Court ultimately to strike down Prop 8. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um, you might have some lower court judges, especially the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, say that Prop 8 was, quote, discrimination and have to be struck down. Um, but uh, this is a fight. And again, the end of the road will be, I believe, that uh, the, the California voters can do what they want. But it's going to get publicity 
for the homosexual cause in federal court. The biggest threat to Proposition 8, at least the half of it that's left, is from homosexual activists who are really, really wanting to go back to the ballot with their own measure and undo Proposition 8 with another constitutional amendment. That's the only way you can undo a constitutional amendment. You have to do a second constitutional amendment. So they're looking at 2010 or 2012 and discussing what they want to do. Um, If they lose, I think they could lose forever. Um, If they go forward in 2010, they're taking advantage of their momentum and their teamwork. Um, But they might lose because it's a lower voter turnout. Some of their uh, advisors are publicly saying go for 2012, but uh, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. And here's two action steps. One, tell your friends to sign up for updates at SaveCalifornia.com. you got to be signed up on our email, Facebook, Twitter, uh, so we can keep you informed because we all have to be in this together for righteousness. And also, um, look, uh, the homosexuals are counting on old people dying and uh, the younger voters becoming a voting age and voting for homosexual marriage to replace the votes of the elderly, uh, bigoted people who died. That's how they actually think. And so we have to understand we're going to have homosexual marriage someday in California be the law if you don't tell your children and grandchildren why homosexuality, the homosexual agenda, and homosexual marriage are wrong. You've got to teach your children and grandchildren sex education yourself. Don't let the government schools do it. Uh, teach, teach them what real sex is, what real marriage is, what the health risks of homosexuality are, uh, what, what the uh, problems are, and why marriage between a man and a woman has benefits, why it's biblical, why it's healthy, etc., etc. You've got to educate your children and grandchildren because otherwise they're just going to become uh, liberal voters because you didn't teach them. Here's another good question uh, from Bill who wrote in and said, uh, well, it's actually a statement. Bill says, the minority do not want to accept the majority and they cry injustice. They will continue to fight, fight, fight until either convinced or win. The minority has a marked double standard by the responses put out by the media. Um, So it's really a discussion about, well, look, do we have majority rule or minority rule in America? Well, obviously, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution uh, talks about the rights of the minority, this freedom of speech, freedom of religion, but most everything else is uh, majority rule. And uh, that's what a um, democracy is, where we have majority rule. And certainly homosexual activists, who uh, most of them are Democrats, uh, ought to respect majority rule. Um, We're a republic, which means rule of law, and the rule of law is set uh, by the people. Um, It's a representative form of government. So we have to go back to majority rule on many, many aspects, many, many areas of our law, because we have loud liberal minorities really trampling the rights of the majority. And uh, again, we are getting this through bad judges who uh, who extrapolate and expand, quote unquote, through case law, uh, the rights of the minority. And I'm talking about the numerical minority, uh, homosexual activists, abortion activists, etc., um, when the majority rule is really the written law of the land. And if you want to get a certain rights, you have to actually change the Constitution, and you have to have the majority approve it. So, uh, you know, majority rule that protects 
the rights of the minority. But let's face it, uh, homosexuality is not natural. It's not uh, proven to be natural. It's not uh, uh, genetic. It, there's no such thing as a so-called gay gene. And there are thousands and thousands of former homosexuals. So to say that uh, a black person, for example, is the same as a homosexual, that uh, homosexuality is uh, equivalent to race, both are genetic, that's simply not true. Uh, you have uh, stuff in your genetic pool which shows uh, your race, but there's no such thing as the gay gene. Now, a very important point I want to bring up is about the role of judges. Justice must be blind, not biased, or else it becomes uh, tyrannical. Uh, listen to the actual oath of the California Supreme Court justices. I, name, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter. Well, that's a great oath. And we have to realize that the Constitution is a written thing. So when someone says, I will support and defend the Constitution of the state of California in this example, it's the written Constitution. Uh, it's not what you imagine the Constitution is or what you want the Constitution to be. It's what's written in the Constitution. When you say you'll bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution, that means you will be loyal to the words written in the written Constitution. When you say that I am going to faithfully discharge these duties, that means that you have a duty no matter how you feel. That's why it was completely inappropriate for um uh, all of the judges of the California Supreme Court say, oh, would it be fair to nullify these uh, homosexual marriages of last year? Uh, that's not their duty to go with their own feelings. They have to go with the written Constitution. So um, that's just uh, something that I think is very, very important for us to realize. The Supreme Court itself, the California Supreme Court, has held that you must take the oath of office to have the powers of office. Um, examples of uh, cases that have come before them have been uh, people who have been elected to office, the legislators. Um, they've got the majority vote of the people, but they had not taken the oath of office yet. So the Supreme Court has said in uh, more than one case that the, uh, the oath of office has to be taken. So that's a very, very important oath. That means that the, the person in office is going to do what the Constitution says not what they want to do apart from the Constitution. Um, now, again, the reason that this is happening, the reason that the Supreme Court can uphold part of Proposition 8 and strike down part of Proposition 8 is because they think they can get away with it. Um, they, they think that people will understand and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Proposition 8 was only for marriages after the vote of the people. It wasn't talking about anything else. Well, that's not true. The word is is absolute, and unfortunately... If we say, is the only marriage in California between a man and a woman, you'd have to say, no, it isn't. So Proposition 8 is not being followed in that regard. Uh, the reason that uh, the judges uh, think they can get away with this uh, lack of uh, constitutional jurisprudence is because uh, they know that uh, most people are ignorant about the role of the court. 
uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the uh, former justice on the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, gave a, a speech, and uh, this was this year. She said, quote, I thought that perhaps a lot of Americans had stopped understanding the three branches of government, the 78-year-old former justice said. Actually, the Annenberg Foundation took some polls. Only a third of Americans can even name the three branches of government, much less say what they do. Can you name the three branches of government? Judicial, legislative, and executive. Yeah, so only a third of Americans can can name those three separate branches. Uh, and it's clear that judges can't legislate and legislators can't judge and executives you know they manage and only can do the duties that they're allowed through the constitution but uh, there's a lot of uh, ignorance out there and that's why again as you educate your children and grandchildren on what marriage is and what the homosexual agenda is um, you need to also educate them on the role of government now the idea of three branches of government is not unique to the United States. It's actually uh, from the the Bible. Um, it's from Lady Justice. Uh, it's from our founding fathers. Uh, first, the Bible says um, in Deuteronomy, "Do not show partiality in judging." Uh, in Leviticus, "Do not pervert judge, justice." Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. First uh, Peter. Uh, for those who are Christians, since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Uh, that's the role of a judge, to be uh, to be impartial, uh, to basically have a blindfold on. And that really paints the picture of Lady Justice. Lady Justice, or Blind Justice, is a statue that no doubt you've seen it. She's uh, got scales to weigh to weigh the weigh in the balances on one hand and on the other hand a sword and this is what justice is supposed to be to um, to fairly without uh, without bias so that's blindfolding lady justice without not letting her have favoritism weigh things weigh the facts and then uh, judge and that's what the sword is and this is all based on the uh, goddess of Greek mythology uh, there was a, a, a goddess of justice and uh, she held a sword in one hand to represent power and scales in the other, displaying impartiality and blindness uh, to uh, assure fairness in judgment. And uh, you've got lots of liberal lawyers who have this statue on their desk, but they don't understand what it means. But it is the role of the court. Um, three branches of government are a system of checks and balances. So uh, one branch doesn't get too much power. And obviously the courts have too much power. Uh, because they have become a judicial activist. That means they um, think that they make the law. They take on a legislative uh, nature instead of being limited to the judicial nature. Um, at the founding of our country, there was a constitutional convention. In 1787, James Madison, who was the chief architect of the Constitution and our fourth president, uh, proposed a plan to divide the federal government into three branches. Um, and he was influenced really by the Bible. He said that by reading Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two, which says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. End quote. It came to James Madison that this is how the government of the United States should be structured. It has three parts, judges, lawmakers or lawgivers, and kings. 
And uh, so you can really thank the Bible for uh, our system of government. It was set up so that we would not have tyranny, but when the people become ignorant, then tyranny can happen. Uh, The government can take over the private sector. Judges can uh, become legislative. Uh, Only the voters can hold them accountable. And so we must educate our friends, our children, and our grandchildren about the role of government as well as the uniqueness of marriage. Now, here's a great question. Uh, Monique wrote in and said, What is a good comeback when people say gay marriage is a, quote, civil right? And they compare it to the segregation of the blacks. I need a good answer to respond. Great question. And um, we really have to first start by saying uh, many judges are misusing the phrase due process and they're misusing equal protection. Um, in 2008, when the California Supreme Court on a 4-3 to three vote invented homosexual marriage, they said this was because of equal protection in the California Constitution, which mirrored the U.S. Constitution. In 2009, this year, when the court refused to strike down the homosexual marriages of last year, they actually said that to do so would be to violate due process in the California Constitution, mimicking the uh, U.S. Constitution. Well, let's, let's look at that. Let's look at the actual Constitution. Amendment 14, the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says this, All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protections of the laws. Sound familiar? Well, this was all coming out of slavery. Now, first of all, you need to note that this 14th Amendment is not about coupleship rights. It's about individual rights. So you you can't go to this and say uh, homosexual marriage is in this where it says due process and equal protection. No, the 14th Amendment is about individual rights. It has absolutely nothing to do with coupleship rights. Uh, Second, due process uh, is uh, talking about equal rights within existing legal boundaries. When it says due process of law, is saying, well, we look at the law, and this is the rules of the law, and we're not going to uh, say that former slaves will be uh, less protected in the law than uh, free men. Uh, so y- you're not exploding the law. You can't look at due process and say, well, I'm going to expand that. You have to look at the existing boundaries of the law. Same with equal protection. Again, the 14th Amendment says, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Well, uh, we bring that, bring that to marriage. Uh, marriage is only for a man and a woman. <clears throat> for years and years and years, you can only get married if you go with the rules because marriage is a privilege. Um, like a driver's license is a privilege. It's not a right. A, a pilot's license is a privilege. It's not a right. You have to uh, show for all of these privileges that you qualify for the license. And here are the rules. You can get married to anyone you want who wants to marry you as long as you are both of age, that means 18, or unless you had parental permission earlier. Um, you're not closely related, so you can't be uh, any closer than first cousins in uh, most states. And 
uh, you are a man and a woman. That's the rule in California. And you also you can't be married to anyone else at the time. Um, so those are the rules. And equal protection of the laws for marriage means that anybody can get married who follows those rules. And so it's pretty simple. Again, we have to go with what the Constitution says, not with what judges imagine words mean. That's where we got into the problem. The last thing I'll say about this is that homosexual activists uh, like to say that that sexual orientation is immutable or not changeable, and that's completely false. As we said, there are former homosexuals, thousands and thousands of them, um, and also uh, you look at race, which is immutable. You cannot change uh, your race. Um, so when a homosexual activist or their attorney friends or judges uh, look into the 14th Amendment of the Constitution and look at the same words in the uh, California State Constitution, when they see the word equal protection, uh, they can't say, well, equality means whatever I want it to mean. They have to obviously go with uh, saying uh, equal protection of the laws means within our system of laws, what are the rules? They're applied equally to everyone. Now, one of the best questions came to us from Denise, who said, can you give me about five to ten bullets on how to best answer this question in a loving Christian way? How does it hurt you or society if two people who love each other want to get married and just happen to be the same sex? They are consenting adults, both over 18 years old, and how does this harm you? Uh, Denise says, this is one of the toughest questions I have to answer, and it would be so helpful if you could respond to me with this information. Well, very good. We'll give it our best try. Uh, First of all, how does it hurt you or how does it hurt society to have homosexual marriage? Well, first of all, it hurts children. It hurts future generations. Uh, the statistics show that children do best with a married mother and father under the same roof. Um, in this environment, uh, the children are wealthier and healthier uh, emotionally, do better in schools. Uh, there's study after study. On this, there are at least five functions that uh, marriage serves, you know, between a man and a woman, things that every culture must do in order to survive and thrive. Uh, One, foster the bonding between men and women, foster the birth and rearing of children. Three, foster the bonding between men and children. Uh, That's fatherhood responsibility. Four, foster some form of healthy masculine identity, so important for boys. And uh, five, foster the transformation of adolescence into sexually responsible adults. Children need mothers and fathers, and marriage is the most practical way for them to have children in the first place. It's very difficult for uh, homosexuals to artificially have children through adoption or through um, the artificial insemination of a, uh, of a lesbian woman. Um, And so we have to look at the natural aspect of all of this. But the children would be very confused. Children are confused enough now by divorce. They'll be even more confused with uh, homosexual marriage, not knowing if you need a man or a woman. Now, some homosexual activists would say, well, that's not confusing. It's just teaching children that there's diversity. Um, What is the real harm? Well, let's get to that. Uh, Homosexual relationships actually have the highest disease rates Uh, in society. Uh, Homosexual men experience higher rates of human papilloma virus, HPV. Uh, This can cause anal cancer in men. 
uh, cervical cancer in women, uh, higher rates of hepatitis A, B, and C, higher rates of gonorrhea and syphilis, and uh, something called gay bowel syndrome uh, in, in male homosexuals, uh, HIV. In California, the State Department of Public Health, the Office of AIDS, actually has statistics showing that right now, between 73 and 82 percent of California AIDS cases uh, were transmitted through uh, homosexuality or bisexuality. So, uh, again, if you tell children, don't smoke, don't uh, drink alcohol or drive while drunk, don't use drugs, don't shoot up with drugs, uh, then we've also got to tell, uh, certainly the boys at least, don't go into the homosexual lifestyle because it's very unhealthy. Uh, 66% uh, of uh, HIV transmissions are men who have sex with men, uh, plus 7% uh, men who have sex with men and inject drugs, and 9% uh, high-risk heterosexual uh, contact, that's basically women having sex with a HIV-infected bisexual man. That adds up to 82% of HIV transmissions in California are spread by homosexual and bisexual conduct. That's up to 82%, and those facts are facts. So, again, why would you want to have homosexual marriage if that lifestyle is uh, dangerous health-wise for children? And then, also, an example to children um, our society is promoted uh, throughout history with uh, men-woman families. And uh, if we want that to continue, we have to show children the example of man-woman families. Um, I've even got another point. Um, it's harmful to society to have pedophilia and polygamy. Why? Uh, because there's no boundaries. You see, you'll even have homosexual activists say, oh, yes, we're against pedophilia. We're against um, polyamory uh, and against polygamy. These are these um, threesomes and adults having sex with children. Well, why? Well, they say that's that's bad. It, it hurts people. It confuses people, um, etc., etc. Why would we be so prudish as to say, well, the three of you say you're loving and committed, um, so we're going to deny you. Um, why would we deny a 32-year-old man and a 13-year-old boy who say they love and are committed to one another? Uh, why would we deny a uh, widowed mother and her adult son getting married or a, um, a brother and sister who are divorced and now they want to get married? Why would, why would we pro prohibit these things if love and commitment is the only thing? We have to look at the tearing of societal fabric and we have to say we don't want to take that risk with the next generation. This generation we have is already plenty confused and we need something that's established and healthy and stable and that is marriage between a man and a woman. Don't let them bring up Britney Spears. Don't let them bring up uh, fast uh, heterosexual divorces. Those are exceptions. Again, uh, marriage between a man and a woman lasts 10 times longer on average than homosexual relationships. So uh, those are just some answers uh, that I would give, uh, Denise, to the questions that you're encountering. Now, Donna has written in and said, I want to know why the no's, these were people who voted no on Prop 8, didn't come up with an original title and not insist on their unions being called marriage. I don't mind that they want certain legal rights concerning property, hospital visitation, the like, what offends me and keeps me fighting is their insistence on their unions being called marriage 
which was designed by God in the first place and is to be between a man and a woman. Their togetherness is not of God, so they need to come up with their own title. Would not this end all the fighting? Please let me know. Well, no, it wouldn't. Um, What you may not know, Donna, is that homosexual uh, couples have all the rights of marriage in California that a married man and woman have. They have all the legal rights. Uh, This was started in 1999 by the creation of a domestic partner registry. And then uh, throughout the last several years, the Democrats and uh, Governor Davis and Governor Schwarzenegger um, dumped all of the rights, and I mean all of the state rights of marriage, into the domestic partner's cup. And so they have it. They have civil unions. They have uh, the same thing. It's called domestic partnerships. And so, uh, you know, they, they already have counterfeit marriages through domestic partnerships it just wasn't called marriage they wanted that title and it i'll tell you if they got homosexual marriage someday that still i believe would not satisfy homosexual activists because um then you they'll want to stop people from saying homosexuality is wrong and then they'll do hate crime laws to shut up and punish people uh to deny free speech Uh, There was a pastor in Sweden who gave a uh, a sermon against homosexuality, and he was actually convicted in lower court uh, for violating their hate crime laws that actually inhibited his free speech. So very, very disturbing, this intolerant agenda. They won't be satisfied. Um, And I think it all gets down to insecurity. Uh, If you're secure in yourself, you don't mind being criticized. If you are insecure with yourself, you want to shut up everybody else who will criticize you. So, you know, in California, religious freedom has been trampled by the homosexual agenda. Uh, Children's uh, education has been trampled by the homosexual agenda, bisexual and transsexual agenda as well. Parental rights, uh, more and more and more is being trampled by this intolerant agenda. And so we have to fight uh, because life is a battle and you have to choose sides. Well, I hope this has been helpful because there's lots of questions and there's lots of answers on the Supreme Court decision. But the big picture is the people got shafted by the California Supreme Court. Uh, There should have been a full upholding of Proposition 8, not upholding half of it and striking down half of it. Um, The judges are going to be on the ballot. Uh, We've got new governor candidates. And there's going to be a, a possible constitutional amendment creating homosexual marriage, overriding all of Prop 8. Uh, on the 210 ballot or the 212 ballot. We've got to stay alert. This has been a very important Q&A for you, and we've got information posted on our website to help you talk with others, especially your children and grandchildren and friends, about this very important issue, how we protect marriage and how we create a better government that respects marriage and respects the vote of the people. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the SaveCalifornia.com radio show with Randy Thomason. Your support and participation make all the difference. Help us reach more people by giving a gift today at SaveCalifornia.com. SaveCalifornia.com Radio.